doing his best. Guys, good to be with you on a Monday afternoon, a Monday where Charlottesville is very obviously 20,000 people um, potentially less crowded. I drove our son to school, my wife and I, our, one of our cars is in the shop, had a meeting with the teacher prior to school this morning, um, and then she dropped me off here on Market Street in downtown Charlottesville, and there were parking spaces galore. Welcome to the show, guys. It's the I Love Seville show. My name is Jerry Miller. The Monday edition of the show, we're live on every social media platform. Today's show is presented by the 231 Fest at Castle Hill in Keswick. It's June 10th. My family's going to be there. Food trucks, cider tastings, beer tastings, wine tastings, live music, and crafts and activities for kids. June 10th, Castle Hill. Be there or be... Square. Thank you, J-Dubs. That's Judith Wickhauer's voice right there. Scott Aaronworth and Virginia Beach, welcome to the show. So we were talking, my wife and I, uh, this particular weekend... And we noticed on Friday and Saturday how busy it was. Then on Monday, as she's dropping me off at work, again, we're a one-car family, one car is at the shop at Settle on Preston Avenue, we find parking everywhere. And you can clearly see that there's a little bit less buzz and activity and traffic around here. And it got Jude and I thinking, and here's what we were thinking about. How many locally owned businesses can you name on the UVA corner? I mean, just off the top of your head, and, and if you could give the viewers and listeners J-Dubs on a two-shot an update on where you are with connecting those pages, that would also be great. I mean, there's not much to tell, Jerry. I, I'm continuing to try to connect them. I reauthorized them. I seem to be still having the same problem. So where, where are we live on Facebook? Everywhere but those two. The two largest ones? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll try to connect them, guys. We're doing our best here. Um, white spot is one. First, let's go in front of the program, Andy McClure. He's got the Biltmore. And he's got the Virginian. That's two locally owned businesses. We'll go up Ellywood Avenue, locally owned, still remaining on the corner. Take it away, sandwich shop, locally owned. Coupe de Ville's locally owned, although the primary owner is in the Shenandoah Valley. Up Ellywood Avenue. What else is on Ellywood Avenue there? Crozet Pizza, Buddhist Biker Bar, owned by friend of the program, Jordan Bronk. Also owns Dirty Nellies, Jordan does. Coming up, Ellywood Avenue, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, locally owned by the Lorenzonis. Ragged Mountain Running Shop. Bodo's Bagels on the corner, locally owned. I said the Virginian, already locally owned. Um, Trinity, locally owned. Trinity, locally owned by the same guy who owns Coops. The same owners of Trinity own Boylan Heights. They're located primarily Shando Valley, although part, some owners here in Charlottesville. What else is locally owned on the UVA corner, viewers and listeners, that you can think of? It's not many. Raising Cane's is about to open. That's a chain. The convenience store where Seven Day Junior used to be, or Lucky Seven used to be, I believe, is locally owned. But you, you, you're down to not that many. So I guess we asked this question, and the reason I'm talking about this on the program today is now that we are uh, um, 20,000 less people, are you eager and excited to sprint as a local to the corner to entertain and spend some money, drink and eat, and have fun? Or are you less inclined now to go to the corner because there's not much as... There's not as much local allure in this shopping, dining district. I think it's probably a little bit of that. I mean, I, Boylan Heights still intrigues me. White Spot intrigues me. Andy's places, the Biltmore and the Virginian intrigue me. But outside of that, those four, what am I left with? Outside of those four, I don't really have any brand on the corner that was there when I was a student at the university. And as businesses on the corner close and new ones open, that emotional connection evaporates with this shopping district. 
Why, do we, why does my dad always want to go to the UVA corner? Because three days ago, I, hold him, I heard him tell a story. For 30 cents, he was able to get a Gus Burger, a fries, and a Coke when he was a student here at the University of Virginia from 1968 to 1972. So here, my 73-year-old father, who is visiting my brother in California right now, literally my 73-year-old father and my 72-year-old mother drove from Hendersonville, North Carolina, to Los Angeles, California, cross-country in a Subaru to spend some time with my brother, his wife, and their two kids. As I'm keeping up with my parents on this trip, because I'm worried about them, they're 73 and 72, they're driving cross-country in a Subaru. As I'm talking to them, somehow my dad ends up waxing nostalgic about his time at the university from 68 to 72 when you were walking around grounds in a jacket and tie. He arrived at the university when it was all male and when you were required to go to class and walk around grounds in a jacket and tie. And in the process of reminiscing about his time at Charlottesville, four years the best of his life, he talks about for 35 cents he could have a Gus Burger, fries, and a Coke. And that memory of walking into the white spot with change jiggling in his khaki front pocket opening the door, the bell ringing, and bellying up to the counter of this greasy spoon. That memory, four years of doing this once a week at 35 cents a clip, is the reason when he comes to visit my wife and I and our two sons, his grandsons, six-month-old and five-year-old, he insists on going to the corner for what is now what? How much is a Gus Burger? French fries and a Coke. 1970 was 35 cents. What is it now? If you give us the menu. Is it over 10 bucks? Let's see. I bet you a Gus Burger, a Coca-Cola, and a side of fries is over 10 bones. And in 1970, it was 35 cents. 53 years ago. Here's the point I'm making. As the corner businesses that are locally owned get priced out of Charlottesville due to escalating rents, labor shortages, expensive labor, volatile cost of goods, the fact that three people own the corner and essentially have a monopoly on rates, essentially have a monopoly on rates. As these locally owned businesses get replaced with brands that are everywhere in America, Starbucks, Raising Cane's, Cadoba, immediately come to mind Chipotle, there's less emotional reason to go to these, this shopping district upon graduation, upon football game, upon reunions, upon Easter's, upon fall break, whatever reason you visit here, whatever it is. And every time my dad does come back for that, what he thought was the 35 cent whites, how much is it now? Is it 10 bucks? Um, it's over 10. 660 for Gus Burger. Four. Are you on a two shot so folks can see you? That way that's not the voice of God. 660 for a burger. 440 for French fries. That's a lot for fries. And uh, 220 for a can of soda. It's not, it's not fountain soda anymore? It says can on the menu? That's what it says on the menu. I'm sure they have fountain, but they So don't what have was prices. the roundabout total? Uh, let's say 13. God, 53 years from 35 cents to $13. 55, in 53 years, you go from 35 cents to $13. And I want to put, how about I put hotel rates in perspective for the viewers and listeners? Okay? How about this? This is from the Cavalier Daily. You guys want to know what the Holiday Inn the Holiday Inn Hotel rents for on graduation weekend and the Holiday Inn Hotel, what it rents for, non-graduation weekend. The general manager of the Holiday Inn in Charlottesville at the university area says at graduation weekend, all her hotels sell out 350 days in advance. According to the article in the Cavalier Daily, the Holiday Inn in Charlottesville in the university area, their protocol is we will not rent a room to you 351 days in advance. You have to wait 350. She said in this article, on the 350th day removed from graduation, 350 days before graduation, 
the phone and the rooms rented in a couple of hours. And on graduation weekend, a room at the Holiday Inn, a standard room with two queen beds, that night is two, that what for one night is $234. Graduation weekend, it's $450. It goes from $234 to $450. You want me to put that in perspective? How about the graduate on the UVA corner? Graduation weekend, a deluxe king room at the graduate on the UVA corner is $843 a night. That same room, not graduation weekend, $478 a night. You're talking a difference of $370. I want to put that in perspective right there. Graduate on the UVA corner, $843, and you have a two-night minimum. No other time do you have a minimum except graduation weekend. You go $843 with the two-night minimum versus $478 every other night, same room, no two-night minimum. Hmm. You make a legitimate argument. No one will disagree with you on this. Is graduation weekend the most impactful weekend of any year at the univer- in, in, in Central Virginia? The answer is yes. I'm going to try to quantify how impactful this weekend is. Is graduation weekend synonymous with two football weekends? Is it that kind of impact? Is graduation weekend synonymous with a men's basketball game on a Tuesday night and a men's basketball game on a Saturday? Probably a little less impactful than two football Saturdays, right? I mean, these hotel rooms, you talk about the Hyatt. The Hyatt is 55% more expensive on graduation weekend than non-graduation weekends. And they're all requiring the two-night minimums. Some of them are even requiring three-night minimums. If you're required to do a three-night minimum for graduation weekend, they're forcing you to stay in the market and spend money. That's not happening come football or basketball weekends, guys. That's not happening alumni. That's not happening Easter's. That's not happening reunions. You name it. Thoughts on anywhere you want to go on this, J-Dubs? I'm sure this is the biggest weekend. I mean, uh, <clears throat> UVA is uh, the economic driver in Charlottesville, and you've got uh, I don't know how many how many how many people in a class. Let's see. Let me get the exact amount. Keep going. I'll find that number. Uh, well, I mean, if you figure that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making up numbers here, but on average, probably what three people? Twenty-two thousand people. Twenty-two thousand. On average, how many family members do you think come to uh, to someone's graduation? Three. Here's the fall of 2022. Total on grounds: twenty-three thousand seven twenty-one in the fall of 2022. You had essentially seventeen thousand undergraduates and seven thousand graduates. And I will. I do want to make one correction because I'm getting buzzed on this. Some hotels in Central Virginia do have minimums for football weekends. Not all of them. Some, not all. Those minimums, night stays in the hotel, certainly are not three, like many of the hotels around here. While some of them do have minimums, not all of them do, it's certainly not three. You have roundabout number, 17,000 undergraduates last year, 7,000 graduates last year for a total of, call it, 24,000 people on grounds. 24,000 people. I don't think the impact of summer break is as significant as it once was when I was in school. And what I mean by that, when I was in school, it was rare for people to stay in Charlottesville over the summer. I did every summer. It was a ghost town. If you stayed here in the summer and you were in the bubble and you were a student, you had the bars to yourself. Legitimately, I would be going to the Biltmore or to Coops or to then it was Orbitz as a summer after my first year. And I would be seeing the same 20 people in these particular bars all summer night, every summer night. Now, more people are staying in Charlottesville. I'm playing squash later in the week with a rising second year who got a job, an internship, a paid job at a solar company in town. And he said that it's more common for students to stay here in the summer. This particular young man in particular that I'm playing squash with is originally from San Diego. 
So it's so costly for him to fly to and from home in San Diego. He is choosing to stay in Charlottesville to work as opposed to making multiple trips to and from Charlottesville to San Diego round trip because it's that expensive. And he says there's a lot of people that are out of state that are are doing the same. I don't want to make this blanket statement that it's the same impact it was 23 years ago where people legitimately left at summer break. More are staying here. But you can make a legitimate argument today that you may be somewhere between fifteen or 16,000 less people in this town driving around this community, walking around this community, spending money in this community. Thoughts, J-Dubs? Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I don't blame the guy for sticking around during uh, uh, vacations or whatever. I mean, that's what, uh, that's what my friends and I did at, uh, at USC. Uh, for you were there for one year, right? Yeah, I was there for one year. Thanksgiving, uh, me and a couple friends on the, uh, on the uh, dorm level that I was on. I think one lived in, uh, in Louisiana, the other one in uh, South Carolina. And, you know, a four-day weekend is just uh, it's cost prohibitive to take a flight cross-country for a four-day weekend. So... We just uh, took the guys. We took Brent's car and drove up the coast to uh, to San Francisco and uh, just enjoyed our time on the on the West Coast. Uh, Grayson wants to know if the show is not streaming in the group. He watches in the group. I don't think the group is the page connected, right? No. All right, yeah, I Love Seville Facebook and I Love Seville Group are not connected right now. Grayson, hop onto my page, YouTube, LinkedIn, or any of the other social platforms, and you'll be able to see what's going on here. Bob Yarborough in Redfield says, we should have rented out our house while we were out of town this past week and could have paid for the trip. Your photos were fantastic. I had a neighbor rent out their home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Everybody had to leave Monday morning. How much do you think my neighbor rented out their home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Four nights, a five-bedroom house for five nights. Four nights, a five-bedroom house. How much do you think they got? $3,500? Dollars. Damn. $5,000. Graduation bad. weekend, a neighbor, five-bedroom home, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, leave Monday, got five grand. But if you think about it, let's just consider the entry point. Is the entry point from a hotel standpoint, the Holiday Inn? Let's just say for the sake of conversation, the Holiday Inn is the entry point. The Cavalier Daily article showcases the price point for the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn I just told you is, I'm looking at it right here, four twenty-eight at the Holiday Inn per night, for two queen bets. Two queen bets. If you're coming for graduation weekend, don't worry about connecting those other pages. It's too late now. We can just ignore the chat with the customer service. I mean, we're already 22 minutes in. They'll just watch on these other pages. Um, the Holiday Inn is 428 a night, and you get two queen bets. If you go to graduation to watch little Johnny or little Susie graduate, walk the lawn, <laughs> you may sure have grandma bit. or grandpa come. I don't think you want to share a bed with grandma or grandpa and the two queen beds at the Holiday Inn for four twenty-eight a night. Four twenty-eight for Thursday, plus four twenty-eight for Friday, plus four twenty-eight for Saturday, plus four twenty-eight for Sunday. If you just stay at the Holiday Inn, that's seventeen hundred. Then you get all the taxes and surcharges, and you're sharing a bed with grandpa. Two queen beds. Or the person dropped five G's for the five bedrooms and five baths, each of them having their own bathroom, the bedrooms. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. John Blair says Roots um, is locally owned. That's another one on the corner we should consider. And John Blair said the graduation weekend pricing has literally led to Stanton's occupancy rate rising on graduation weekend. There are families who cannot afford Charlottesville hotel prices, and they're staying in Stanton. Charlottesville's unaffordability is tailwinds and incredible momentum for every county in Central Virginia or the Shenandoah Valley, except for Albemarle. Yeah. 
Can't buy a house in Albemarle, Charlottesville? All the, other, all the other counties say we're more affordable. Can't rent a hotel in Albemarle, Charlottesville? All the other counties say we're more affordable. Can't get a steak dinner in Albemarle, Charlottesville? All the other counties say we're more affordable. Can't buy a car in Albemarle, Charlottesville? All the other counties in Shenandoah Valley say we're more affordable. Everything. All the affordability issues in Albemarle and Charlottesville are tailwinds for the Shenandoah Valley and the, all the other adjacent counties in this area. James Watson, the king of orbit, leaves this comment. Imagine if UVA football could produce two back-to-back -back eight and four seasons. Considering we've primarily, primarily underachieved since George Welsh, I can only imagine what impact a consistently good football team would have on tourist spending. Well said, James Watson. Well said, JW. Well said. If the football team does well, every hotel room in this area requires a two-night minimum, as opposed to a few of the hotels in this area requiring a two-night minimum. And, and I'm going to say it once, and I'll say it again. Tony Elliott's in, in, a, in a tough little spot this year. If Tony Elliott, the head football coach at UVA, does not have a good 2023 year, number three on the job, next year, 2024, his buns are really going to be toasty on that seat. No doubt. And he doesn't have a lot of talent returning. He does not have a lot of talent returning. 5K for a five-bedroom in our neighborhood, I thought it was a good deal to Vanessa Parkhill. And it didn't stay long. In fact, it sounds like from our neighbors that they didn't have any difficulty uh, running it. Kevin Higgins, we'll get to your comment here in moments. Let's go to Twitter. I'll go to Twitter. I'll go to Spotify. I'll go to YouTube, LinkedIn. And then I'll go to the Fountain app here in moments. Dylan's Rule, hello and welcome to the show. Deep Throat, you should buy High Voice whatever computer he needs to create those visualizations um, that you've been sending us. Deep Throat, I sincerely mean this. Okay, for those that don't know what's going on here, I have, uh, a, we have a very valuable viewer and listener named Deep Throat who is sending us DMs on Twitter, smart guy. His oldest son's in fifth grade at a school locally and he taught himself how to do these visualizations how to change, how, how do you characterize what he's doing? He's changing the streetscape based on the upzoning potential of that street. It's pretty much what he's doing. Yeah. This is what could happen on this street. Deep Throat is deciding whether to buy his son a super deluxe computer so he can really go down the visualization route. Don't you think he should buy him that super deluxe Mac, Deep Throat, for his <laughs> oldest son? I think he should. Sure. Because they've been damn good, haven't they? Without more information, sure. Um, he says this, Airbnb graduation thing is crazy. He said he had an Airbnb in Austin briefly. For graduation weekend, a three-bedroom house was $5,000. But nice. South by Southwest, the festival, he got 15G for the Airbnb. 15, you're talking about? 15K, the Airbnb rate. The 5K for a 5,000 square foot, five bedroom, five bathroom house with three levels, including half a kitchen in the basement on nearly an acre of land in Keswick, that's a phenomenal deal for graduation weekend. Yeah, no Because doubt. what they probably did, this family, is they probably passed the pot and had eight or nine people staying here. It's like the same thing when, we, when you go to Outer Banks for a week with your family. A lot of people are like, oh my God, it's seven or $8,000. Well, if you go with three or four different sets of families all in the same Miller family tree, it's really not that expensive. Yeah. Because you stay, your entertainment is the beach. You walk out of the house and do your entertainment. It's not like you're going to the putt-putt. I mean, sometimes you do, but your entertainment is your backyard. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on UVA? Graduation weekend? And James Watson, I do imagine that. That would be amazing if the team was, if the, if the team was better, you'd see three-night minimums and more of an economic impact. You 100% would. Good point from JB, from JW. Um, all right, let's go to Kevin Higgins' topic, if you want to change the lower third. This is a topic sent by Kevin Higgins. And it's kind of like it was, it was, it was sent to us because um, if you've been to Almora County or Charlottesville City, have you been following the violence? Obviously, you've been following the violence, the gun violence. You've been following the fighting, all the stuff that's been going on. 
the thing that's concerned Kevin Higgins, that's concerned my wife, that's concerned Jude and I, that's concerned me, a lot of the stuff that's happening, like the hijacking of the Uber driver. A couple weeks ago, there was an Uber driver that got hijacked in the news. I think it was at Crozet. Hmm. The kids, that, the people that did the hijacking were teenagers. Man. A lot of the gun violence is teenagers that are doing it. Almaro County Police just sent out a press release, right? And this press release was sent out, let's see here, about an hour ago, okay? And it says this, on Tuesday, April 4th, on Tuesday, April 4th, at around 3.10 in the afternoon, the police department in Almaro County responded to the 4,000 block of Cypress Point Drive for a stolen vehicle and an abduction. Not just a stolen vehicle, but an abduction. Abducted were kids, man. A four-year-old and a two-month-old. This four-year-old and this two-month-old were in a 2011 silver Kia Sorento. Someone got in this Kia Sorento. First off, parents, never leave your kids in the car. Never leave your children in the car unsupervised. Never leave them in the car. Never say, I'm just going to run into the gas station to pay for gas. I'm just going to run into the gas station to go to the bathroom. Never say, oh, the, the key's not in the ignition, the car's off, the kid's in the car seat. Never leave your kids in the car unsupervised. This is what happened. 2011, Kia Sorento gets stolen. As they're stealing the car, a four-year-old and a two-month-old in the back seat. Guy steals the car, freaks the hell out. 17-year-old kicks, well, I hope he didn't kick the four-year-old and two-month-old out of the seat. Hopefully, he took him out of, when you're four and you're two-month-old, you're in a car seat. Yeah. So that means the 17-year-old stole the car, said, oh, shit, there's a four-year-old and a two-month-old behind us, pulled the car over, got out of the driver's seat, unbuckled the harnesses in the car seat, Yeah. unbuckled the harnesses to get a four-year-old out of the car seat unbuckled the hardest to get a two-month-old out of a car seat. I got a six-month-old. A two-month-old, you have to be extremely delicate with getting a kid in a car seat at two months old. My kid is six months old, and the durability, the toughness of a two-month-old versus a six-month-old is significantly different. You're mm -hmm. way more durable at six months versus two months. Even at six months, I'm extremely careful with putting our youngest boy in the car seat extremely careful with moving his arms and his legs into the harnesses of the car seat. Extremely careful. Was the 17-year-old careful? In the process of stealing a car, realizing there's two children in the back seat, panicking, pulling over, getting out of the driver's seat, opening up the back seat, was he careful taking the four-year-old out of the car seat? Was he careful taking the two-month-old? If his judgment was, let's just leave the four-year-old and the two-month-old on the side of the road, which is what he did, is that an indication of how careful he was with taking the boys or the kids out of the car seats? I think it's impossible to say. Impossible to say, but possible. This 17-year-old is now facing endangering the life of a child, two counts, felony destruction of a property, and motor, motor vehicle theft, six counts currently being held at the Blue Ridge Juvenile Detention Center. Kia, a Kia Sorento, much like, what's the other car they're stealing in TikTok? Where TikTok shows you how to steal it? It's the Kia and what? Are they, I don't know, are they Honda Accords? I... What's the other one? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this. Honda, Hyundai, Hyundai. It's the Kia and the Hyundai. They, don't, they have some kind of mechanism that's missing. So all you need hmm. is a USB, a USB cord, and a screwdriver. USB a USB cord? cord look it up. The TikTok car theft challenge. You know how much the TikTok car theft challenge is costing some of these manufacturers? Do you have any idea? $200 million, apparently. The TikTok car theft challenge I read over the weekend has cost Hyundai over $200 million. Yeah. And recalls. And people say this, Jerry. People say this, Judah. People say this. Oh, we shouldn't ban TikTok from America. We should, we should allow people to say, to get on every app they want. 
We should allow freedom of press and freedom of speech and banning apps like TikTok, which are owned by ByteDance and influenced by the Chinese government, that's anti-American. It's up to Americans to decipher what kind of content is good and what kind of content is bad and what kind of content leads to corruption and what kind of content leads to purity. You know what I say to that? You're out of your bleeping mind. I say absolute bullcrap. We take teenagers, we take preteens impressionable preteens and teenagers. And we give them the how-to guide playbook of how to steal a car. And we force it into an app that is on their phone constantly that they are seduced by. And we have an algorithm and a news feed that's manipulated where this how-to guide of, com of, of, of committing theft and larceny is forced into your news feed for you to see it forced for you to see it, brainwashing you. And we're surprised that preteens and teens are stealing and doing fighting and violencing and gunning and killing more than ever. We are being corrupted. Our impressionable next generation is being influenced, manipulated, corrupted, eroded, told what to say, told what to think by these things, screens. And if anyone thinks that TikTok is okay and that the Chinese government is not influencing the next generation of Americans, our youth, through this app, then you are living in a world that is not reality. You disagree? You disagree? If it wasn't TikTok, they'd be finding videos like this on some other platform. I don't know that I'd place all of the blame for this on TikTok's uh, doorstep. How about this comment by Sarah Hill Buczynski? Sarah Hill Buczynski, I agree with you 99.9999999% of the time, and this is another one of those times. She says, TikTok is fifth-generation warfare by the Chinese government, and this is not a conspiracy theory. That's what I think. I swear, and people can call me crazy, they can call me a wackadoo, you can make fun of me, you can say whatever you want. TikTok is influencing preteens and teenagers, influencing how they think and how they go about the world. The Chinese government, how they're trying to go about ruling the world, society, however you want to call it, it's not with guns and white powder that comes in the mail that scares the bejeebus out of you when you open the envelope. It's manipulating children. It's controlling impressionable minds. And if you can control children and impressionable minds and manipulate them, and what's the number one way you can do that with children? Apps and phones. If you can do that, then you can control a country. You can influence a country. That's why she says it's fifth generation warfare. Hmm. Do you know what she means by fifth generation warfare? Uh, I don't know what I don't fully understand what she mean by, means by fifth generation. Advanced technology. Gotcha. Super deluxe thinking. Having the long game, vision, plan, thought out. Playing a generational long game. Hmm. Warfare that does not involve guns and bullets and punching and knives and blood and death, but arguably can be way more effective. Hmm. That's what she's saying. That's... I'm, that scares that hell out of me. And she's exactly right. The TikTok in China shows educational videos. The TikTok in America shows how to hotwire a car, how to hotwire a Kia or a Hyundai. Montana, the first state to ban TikTok. If you're a parent and your kid has TikTok, I'd watch closely what your kid is doing. You know what's crazy? Is a lot of the C-suite children for these social media apps... Won't let them touch it. Won't allow... The C-suite won't allow their children to use the apps. Yeah. Because they're smart. Because they know. It's not just about... It's not just about TikTok. No. It's Instagram, Lee talked about this... Insta on Friday, Insta you, you want to know, know one of the fastest and easiest ways to get a preteen female or a teenage girl to feel crappy about her body 
and lack self-confidence and develop an eating disorder? Ever spend hours every day on Instagram? Yeah. Spend hours every day on Instagram thinking that the girls that you see in your newsfeed are actually what they look like in real life when they wake up in the morning, and that's right. going to give any teenage girl, any preteen girl, anxiety. Yeah. You look at a newsfeed on Instagram, and you're like, holy crap. These are the most beautiful people in the world. They have no fat on their body. They're completely perfect. They have beautiful blonde hair. They have... Everything you, America, would quantify as beautiful. And then you then look at this, and then you consider yourself in the mirror, then you look at this, then you consider yourself in the mirror, and if you do this for hours every single day, eventually it's going to impact your self-esteem. Yeah. Right? Definitely. And that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And... We're capitalizing on it. I'm not necessarily proud of that. Janice Boyce Trevilian, welcome to the program. Are students today, are kids today more violent? Are today's kids more prone to violence? Are today's kids more prone to lashing out, to committing crime? And is that a direct byproduct of screen time. Lonnie Murray says, TikTok is frequently the definition of shouting fire in a crowded theater. Plus, I've long felt the Supreme Court decision to extend constitutional rights to corporations is misguided. After all, when a person says or does something that gets someone killed, they will end up in court. How do you jail a corporation? How can you have rights without accountability? Hmm. Good questions. You want to touch that one? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Uh, I'm still unpacking the freak, frequently the definition of shouting fire in a crowded theater. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what, is that, what does that mean, Lonnie? The first sentence. TikTok is frequently the definition of shouting fire in a crowded theater. Does that mean TikTok has become the scapegoat for social media apps that cause harm? Is that what he means by that? Is that what he means by that? Uh, I think he's saying that... Uh, that uh, the damage it can cause is uh, possibly unintended, but uh, um, but fairly serious. Okay. And there's no way to there's there's really no way to uh, to bring anyone to um, uh, I don't want to say justice, but you know who do you who do you target if uh, you know if Scott says you should target the parents. The blames in Virginia Beach. He says the blame should fall on the parents. He says they're allowing their children to get on these apps and on these phones and on the internet. And this comes from a defense attorney, he says. Parents deserve a lot of the blame. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that uh, sentiment. I mean, that's, uh, you mentioned the fact that the, uh, the C-suite executives aren't, don't, let their kids, uh, don't let their kids on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And they're smart. I mean, it's, it's addictive. It's, uh, I think it's... It changes the the mental chemistry of someone who is at, who is at a young and impressionable age. Uh, I think the the issue that we're talking about with uh, children getting more brazen with violence. I don't know that I fully. Uh, I, I I think I think we see a lot more. We've talked about the fact that we that we see and hear a lot more than we than we previously had when uh, before social media. Uh, we're made aware of things that we may not have realized were so uh, were so rampant, uh, and it may seem like they're you know growing in frequency or popularity or whatever. When in reality, I think we're just we're just more aware of of those things on a daily basis. But at the same time, I think that there is a certain amount of uh, um, maybe stunting of empathy. Oh, 100%. When you, when you see a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that crosses your feed on a daily basis, um, you know, you naturally just get somewhat, uh, you, I, you build kind of like a callus uh, towards, you know, some of these extreme stories, uh, whether, it's, whether it's violence or, you know, whether it's kids stealing cars uh, because of TikTok challenges. 
and uh, yeah, I I don't know if that directly um, directly uh, causes violence, but uh, I mean we've all seen it in videos of classrooms and stuff where I think most of us look at those and are like, what is going on? This is not. I mean, I, I went to high school in Maine, so I I'm not sure if I just uh, if I just got lucky and uh, there well, wasn't there wasn't as much of that there i mean i think you got lucky i think you just come from a really good family i mean when i was uh when we were still in los angeles my mom uh before we moved to uh to maine i was getting ready to go into junior high and my mom called the school that i'd be going to to ask if there were any uh any if there was a dress code or any rules like that they said the only dress code is no gang colors i mean i I don't know what school would have been like if we had stayed in Los Angeles, but uh, I'm uh, I feel blessed that we that we moved to Maine, whether you know whether I liked there or not. Well said. Well said. Um, Sarah Helbuchensky, I completely agree with what you said. She's like the Chinese government has told us they will try to take down the United States without firing a weapon. We literally have been threatened by the Chinese government. And they, their threat was, we will take your country down without firing a weapon. The Chinese government has influence over the most popular American app with teenagers. If we cannot connect the dots, we are our own worst enemy. We can't get out of our own way. I mean, that's... Uh, that's definitely true. I mean, if you're not watching what your kids are watching, if you're... We deserve it then. Yeah. If you're not, if, if, if we're being warned by the Chinese government, we're going to try to take you down without using weapons or war or firing a gun. We know the Chinese government has influence over this app. We know our kids love this app. We let our kids use the app. American businesses even buy ad space on the app. We're our own worst... Enemy. Yeah. Our own worst enemy. But it goes a lot deeper than just apps. Oh, 100%. The app's just a microcosm. Yeah. The app is one example of more than we can count. More than we can count. Um, all right, you, do, you were fantastic today. I sincerely mean that. Lonnie, I'll read that uh, link that you sent us um, today, tomorrow, and work it into the show um, this week, I promise. Viewers and listeners, if you have any topics you'd like for us to consider, send us a direct message. We love crowdsourced content. We're open-minded to your ideas. Open-minded to your ideas. Scott says that uh, Mincers is also locally owned, and the Dumpling Shop is locally owned. Um, I don't know what the tuition my father paid in 1968, Vanessa, but I do know that my dad in 1968, my grandfather, who has passed away, his name was Jules, Jules dropped my dad off as a first year at UVA. And then every time my dad went back home to Hampton, Virginia, he hitchhiked from Charlottesville. My grandfather dropped my father off as a first year at the University of Virginia. And then when my dad went back to Hampton High School, he was a Hampton High School alum. He was a Hampton crabber, my father. Every time from Charlottesville back to Hampton, he would hitchhike home. How many parents today would allow their kids to hitchhike from Charlottesville to Hampton? Probably none, right? Yeah, this is another interesting thing Not that came up. these days. You know, I've had one you cabin... You said 68? Yes, 1968. He hitchhiked from Charlottesville to Hampton in 1968. So in-state? In-state, yeah. Hampton to Charlottesville. Uh, looks like tuition. Oh, you're looking for tuition in 68? Under- undergraduate tuition, 68 was $452. Jeez Louise. What's undergraduate tuition now in 2023? Do them side by side so we can reference them. Open a new browser tab if you could. Uh, this only has up to, uh, 19 to 19 and 20. 2019 to 2020, which was 14, uh, like 14, one, 14,100. So what's the, uh, what is it? 1968? $450. $450 total? That's amazing. I I have 2023 for College of Art Sciences at UVA in-state. $15,446. 
Yeah, 2019 to 2020, it was uh, roughly 14,100. So it's gone from, call it 500 bucks to $15,500. There are a lot more uh, mandatory fees, though, as well, that go with the tuition. This is why when Dave Ramsey says... there for uh, for earlier years. When Dave Ramsey says the latte factor, take out a latte, stop spending six bucks a day, and you'll become a millionaire. The Dave latte, the Dave Ramsey latte factor. Don't go to Starbucks and get a venti chocolate mocha latte grande on ice. Take that $6.15 and put it in the market, and you'll be a millionaire. Well, Dave, when you went to college, the tuition in 1968 was $458. Now, in 2023, the tuition is $15,446. The latte factor is not going to make you a millionaire. Plus, I'd bet there are about uh, two or $3,000 in fees on top of that tuition. Oh. Before you even get to, like, uh, room, and room, board. room and board. Before room and board. Yeah. And then we already have highlighted that a, a white spot... Gus Burger fries and a Coca-Cola in 1968 was 35 cents. And in 2023, it's $13 and change. Yeah. No $6 latte is going to help you there. Mm-hmm. You think about maybe not going to college. Maybe you go to community college for two years and live with your parents and save the money on Reuben board and tuition. Get above a 3.0 and then third year, you get immediate entry into UVA. Yeah. Or maybe you become a plumber or an electrician. Or maybe you become an entrepreneur where, hey, guess what? I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. You know how many times people have asked where I went to college? Nope. None. Not once. I went to UVA. You know how many times people have asked me where'd you go to college? For professional reasons? Not once. Not a single damn time. Not a single damn time. Mm-hmm. Not a single, single time. Has anybody asked since I've launched this company 15, 15 years ago, May 29th? In seven days, I'm self-employed for 15 years. Not a single time in those 15 years has anyone cared or asked or wanted to see the paper. Right. Lonnie says, or get your latte at higher grounds and keep the money in the community for way, way less. There you go. Thank you, Lonnie. I love you, Lonnie. Vanessa says, it, it would appear that more kids today do not respect their elders, have difficulty finding nonviolent means of conflict resolution, and do not value human life. How did we get here? For example, my mom was recently in a doctor's office waiting room. Also waiting was a younger woman with a young boy, five years old. The kid was literally walking around on the furniture. When one of the staff members reprimanded the boy, the woman responsible for the boy never looked up from her phone but instead commented that it was good that the staff member said something because the boy listens better to other folks than her. Hmm, I wonder why. (coughs) It's not something you (coughs) should be admitting to people. Crazy times. It's not easy being a parent. Hardest thing ever done. My wife would say the same thing, was being a parent. Hardest thing, and it's not even close, is being a parent. So effing hard. Being a parent is so hard. So hard. (coughs) Ah, that's the show. All right. Anything else you got? No, not right now. All right, I'm out of here. Judah Wickhauer crushed it. He's the man. Um, (coughs) My name is Jerry Miller. It's the I Love Seville show where we talk about local stuff. We encourage you to send us content want us to talk about something local we love that send it to us dm judah dm me hit us up on twitter shape the show um we just want to be the water cooler man that's all we want to do is be the water cooler we don't care where the show is up uh oh this is from deep throat (coughs) good stuff from deep throat ready for this Judah? this is how we'll close the show the median household income in 1968 how much do you think it was Median house. Oh, this is so good, Deep Throat. God, I effing love Deep Throat. This is, I sincerely like you, dude. This is, I sincerely mean this. This is a great stat from him. The median household income in 1968 was $7,700 in America. I'll give that stat again. 
the median household income, $7,700 in 1968. In 2021, Judah, the median household income was 70,000. So that means from 1968 to 2021, income was up 10x, but tuition was up 35x. There you go. How about them apples, Dave Ramsey? And it's not just And it's it's not not just just that. Yeah, it's not just that. 1968, the median household income, 7,700. In 2021, the median household income, 70G. It's not even 10 times. Less than, just under 10X. Yeah. Where tuition is 35X. Yeah. That right there is another one of those things we call microcosms. Yeah. Right there. And then we hear about schools saying, oh, we can't, you know, we, we held off raising tuition for, right. for three years. We to, have to do a 5% raise. We have to raise it. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't want to have to dip into our 14 billion uh, endowment. Yeah. But technically, they can't use that for that. It's different fair, money. Fair enough. Yeah, I know. That, and that's, that's why college, the college business model is not sustainable. You can't come out 300 grand in debt. Uh, I mean, you can, but... but uh, you can't come out 300 grand in debt and not have the earning potential of, like, a surgeon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not even an entry doctor, but, like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All right, that's the show. Judah, Jerry, I Love Seville Show. Castle Hill, 231 Fest. June 10th, Saturday, live music, food trucks, crafts, artisans for kids, beer tasting, cider tasting, wine tasting for mom and dad, live music all day. It's going to be awesome. Judah and Jerry, so long.